At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. everybody hello and welcome to popcorn culture my name is ben carlin and i am your host here with me today is my brother jay who will be in every episode i've made it back for yet another episode of the pop i have deemed it worth my time yet again you're having you're such a welcome. hot streak hot i feel like what, streak. like 181 episodes in a row you've successfully made it yeah yeah it's, i mean man we're cruising right here into the 80s i told you the 70s was gonna go fast what would what would be the the scenario where you don't arrive and it's just an hour of me just just taking some type of massive introspective deep dive with nobody to 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 counter any of my thoughts or probably probably i have to imagine i i would have to be like pretty sick or something Ooh. yeah like maybe like, about this. like if i was like well it doesn't have to be like you know terminally ill or something but if i was just like sick but also maybe there was like a like an important sponsor thing that was supposed to happen and it would be like what if what if ben just what if Ben just has like a, a Ben's thoughts episode? Right, yeah, 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 <laughs> like yeah. We can't not do it, but Jay can't be here, so this is something Ben does anyway. Buckle up, everybody. Here we go. One hour of inner monologue. Here we go. Here we go. Completely and utterly unfiltered. What will we talk about? Plungers for some reason, because that's the <laughs> next thing that came to my mind. Wow, wow. Ben, how about a corny joke? I would absolutely love a corny joke great, lay it great, on me great. Lay it all right on me. ben why don't scientists trust atoms mm-hmm. why don't scientists trust atoms no because they make up everything ah uh, <laughs> it's so good I thought that was a pretty that good one <laughs> pretty solid they do make up everything. they sure do a bunch of liars bunch of liars simulation confirmed yeah once again once again, as I, ever i know i feel like that's the real that's the real underlying it's all based on that. the pun adams make up everything <laughs> yes right right yeah, right absolutely oh like, look the humans will perceive the atoms but the atoms are liars because they make up everything but they also make everything <laughs> Yeah. 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 The machines have a real sense of humor, it turns out. Classic machines. Classic machines. machines. What jokesters. Can I talk to you about one of your least favorite topics, which is uh, that of utopias? Oh. (laughs) 
All right, bring it on. Okay, okay. I, I won't talk about it for very long. I just had never noticed it before. One of Jay's least favorite topics for, for you listener at home is listening to me talk about utopias and whether or not it's it's the human's objective in life, which we won't get into. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was very interesting because I, I, I think maybe, as I said last week or the week before, um, me and you both have been doing like a reread through of The Hunger Games, which has just been quite enjoyable and yeah. fun and stuff. But I have thought it was very interesting, the two varying depictions, um, because, you know, we talk a lot about how um uh president coin who like leads up district 13 and right. sort of like the resistance to like the the primary like capital you know operations and whatever it's like the the whole thought there is is that the note the name is extremely on the nose that coin is the different side of snow of snow right yeah it's a bit, it, but the the interesting thing about those two examples are in some interesting way i feel like you've got the depiction of reality underneath the capital, which is sort of like it's utopia if you live in the capital, right? And not for <laughs> literally everyone else. And then Coin's version of it is much more of like that, like completely withdrawn. Like they don't have like holidays or celebrations. Everything is all about like efficiency and like just like living up to like you know like your your meal rations are determined based on like your like height weight you know um daily work schedule and everything so it's like meticulously like spent so there is no waste right it's which, like no one really gets to enjoy anything ever but survival is almost guaranteed and thus because everyone has some isn't that its own version of utopia exactly right yeah. so what i loved about it though is that um is that like a lot of times i have i have posed these two examples to you where there's sort of like the the wally version of it where there's like everybody aboard the axiom and they just eat like smoothie food all day and like roll around and you know it's just like there is no ambition there is no anything you just sort of like live this like fluffy existence of mm -hmm. whatever and then the other end of it is like much more like utilitarian in nature but what i thought was interesting about it is i was like huh i feel like the point the book is also trying to make is that neither of those is, is like neither like, of those is really they're, good they're both extremes on either end of like the utopia spectrum or whatever mm -hmm. um or even just like existence spectrum so right see i like i don't even like the wally example as a utopian thing it's like that i don't think that's like an accurate that's like i don't even think that's a version of a utopia really like to me it's like a, a world where they're like you can just do whatever you want without consequence and like everyone is generally happy and it's just like that that's it that's it that's like, it like and and so i yeah and I, I that's that's probably like where like the where and i think where where usually the the arguments between you and i uh stem from is usually like i think i have like this difficulty of letting go of the existing reality like it's like it's so hard to imagine a utopia correctly because you have to let go of like everything you currently know right and so like it's like the idea is that like in a in an actual perfect version of it and not like a fictionalized version of it everything just works seamlessly and fits together all the time and always right and without like, any like malicious behind the scenes things exactly right yeah, yeah, yeah it's it's just like total and complete equilibrium at every single point in time all the time and always which, right which also in some ways paints the depiction of just how unattainable this concept is right you know in and of itself just because like that would be like you know just a a, a complete and utter world without conflict essentially but right. also like all of the necessary fulfillment that you want in in the meantime right. otherwise i think we, most people call it heaven 
Yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but so, uh, yeah, I think that's that's where I usually like like remain latched onto the um, like. I, I always I always think about like you know like like the idea of your success is is usually at the like if you think about it from a sports perspective, mm-hmm. like your your success is at the cost of someone else's not success so mm-hmm. to speak like you know like the underdog that wins the grand championship it's like that's really awesome if you're the underdog who wins the grand championship but it also means that like the, in order for you to win the grand championship somebody else had to lose the grand championship and that would have to mean that that would be their ambition right but but in a in a true utopian society people wouldn't care about being the losers they'd have just appreciated the sportsmanship all like they'd be good sports about it right 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 yeah, yeah. That, right I, I like that that's a yeah. that's a really really good argument for it i think as well because it's like it's like you know what it was just awesome to be here exactly you know? it's like we yeah. got to play at the top of our game they're the best we're the best like look it all shook yeah. out to exactly, exactly how we, it everyone was entertained and we all had a lot of fun right yeah congratulations yeah. to those guys like yeah, you we'll know? get them next time exactly yeah. yeah yeah um which at the end of the day it's like oh positive attitude right okay that's 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 everybody's assignment for the day try to assume a positive attitude i know well this assume is, the best in everyone this is like uh there was a really i saw i i don't i don't know it was it was some i was i was recently watching an interview with uh i think it was an an i don't know which nba player it was but i think they were recently eliminated from like uh the playoffs or whatever and they were like so would you guys consider the season a failure or whatever and it was like why would we consider it a failure like we won more games than we lost and we made it deep into the playoffs and we you know everyone got better like is every team a failure that doesn't win the championship like absolutely not (laughs) you know right like do you think the team do you think if you owned the team that lost the super bowl you'd consider your season a failure like absolutely not oh you know like you did amazing right you know like i that <laughs> i don't it's it's like weird what what people contextualize as failure right you know it, that that yeah that's the thing it's like if you can only look at the world as if there is only one winner then that's a sad way to look at the world right yeah yeah and so that would be that would basically mean that nothing is ever enough unless you are the person who succeeded above all else mm-hmm. who deep stuff deep stuff in other news you got to use a chainsaw over the weekend for the first time i sure time. did hard left turn hard, hard left, left turn okay yeah. yeah so um in my in my uh in my yard there was uh there's a, a large tree um that has just been growing uh branches down lower and lower over the years and it's gotten to the point where you cannot approach the trunk of the tree without having to like sway through them and maneuver through the branches. Ooh, so okay. the the issue is that you can't mow beneath the tree, okay, <laughs> because you'll run into the branches. So it's basically impossible. So I needed to um, trim the bottom branches of the tree such that you could walk a circle around the tree right. comfortably, so you could mow beneath the tree. Nice. But um, as ever, as ever, whenever you're dealing with like nature, it's like you look at it and you're like, what? What's that like 10 branches or something and you get going and it's like man trees are huge just like massive yeah yeah, yeah absolutely this is one tree yes <laughs> yeah but so anyway um i recently inherited a uh, a chainsaw nice a corded chainsaw okay from um beth's grandfather which and i have to say just shout out to him because i personally never met him because he actually passed away the year before beth and i uh, started dating way back in high school oh wow okay. and so this is the just like um her her grandmother recently passed away and so 
you know, that um, her parents have been having to figure out what to do with all of their remaining possessions and stuff. And so he just had all these tools sitting in the basement for over a decade right. now that I don't think her grandmother was using ever. Sure. Probably. But so um, I inherited a bunch of uh, tools and I was like, one of them was a corded electric chainsaw. And it like, I, to my knowledge, I don't know if it's been used since then, but it fired right up. And Amazing. you could tell he was the sort of person who uh, took care of his tools meticulously and right. it still worked. Amazing. So, I was like, man, that was pretty cool. I was, I wasn't sure, but um, I've never used a chainsaw ever before at all. I, I haven't used like hedge trimmers before, like anything with a motor to cut stuff. Okay, I haven't done it. So part of me was like. I'm pretty sure all you do is just, you know, push the button and press it to the branch and it just goes through. And that's all you have to really expect. And for the most part, yes, that's all. That's all. That's exactly how it worked. But like there's there's no doubt that there's a certain amount of like th this is working efficiently, but also it feels dangerous. Like there's no doubt this thing would like rip you apart if it touched you yeah I mean, yeah. There, there's a reason why it's like a classic like horror film yeah uh like like prop piece yeah because it is it, i mean it's like being near one even not on it's sometimes like i should probably take a class before i'm allowed to touch I, this that, thing that is almost how i felt like yeah. as it's going because like i'm you know I'm using, it's a pretty small chainsaw, all things considered, and I'm cutting through pretty small branches. But at the same time, every now and then you'd come across one branch that was maybe just a little bit thicker, took like a little bit longer to go through. And as it's going through, like you're watching and you're slowly making the progress. And I'm like, am I, should I like, like, should I like, you know, move back and forth like a regular saw? Does that like help it like go further in the groove or is that like, nope, just let it work. It's magic. It'll get there eventually. That's the appropriate thing to do. And I'm like, I don't, I just, I don't know what the answer is. Sure. Um, but you know, it seems like, yeah, if you press down a little, yeah, that'll go a little bit further. And then like, sometimes you'd be watching and you could see the train, the chain almost sort of like have this like ripple effect on the top. And you're like, does it, should it be rippling like that? Is that like normal? And you just are like, yeah, this is how it works, and that's fine. No reason, no reason to be concerned. Or it's like, or is the chain about to come off? I'm about to get like whipped with metal or something. <laughs> whipped you know? with barbed metal. Yeah, whipped that. with yeah. barbed metal. Like I, I mean, so it didn't come off, and it worked fine. So it's like one of those things where I'm just like, Ooh, every time I like thought I was done. I'd like take a step back and I'd look at the tree and be like, mm, that branch probably also still needs one, and I'd be like. Uh, is it am I about to be like man if I hadn't done that last branch you right, know right right yes <laughs> you know like so often like when we're skiing there's so often this like sentiment like whenever you think the last run is it's the one before that is when you should stop okay yeah like yeah. you because, know because the last run is like nothing good happens on the last right like run. you know like if you like right like if you're like if you are thinking about like, should, do we have time for one? Should we just go do one more and that'll be the last one? Stop there. Because at the point of you making that decision is no one's hurt. Right. Yes. Right? Like, yes, yes. If yes. you leave now, everyone's good guaranteed. Right. And if you go down, like the chances are everyone's still fine. But there's also every single time you go down the slopes, you are a little bit more tired right. and it's a little bit darker. And it's like, it's you're, you're, you're a great skier. You've been skiing all day in your whole life, but you are a little more fatigued. And even it may, maybe it's just like a 10th of a percent, but it goes up maybe a little every time your muscles are just really tired. Right. You know, and if you go down and you get hurt on the very last run, that is going to be so bad when you could leave right now and go get a beer. You know, I, I <laughs> like, think there's also something to like the last run energy. 
energy as well because yes. you're, you're sort of like it's like last one exactly may as well make send it, it count yeah this, full send this is this is exactly what happened to us it was yeah. like it was like two years ago before uh, uh brother-in-law mike's like wedding we were like two and a half months out or whatever and we we're all mountain biking i know i talked about it on the pop and everything as well um and we were doing like this big this big jump line and we literally got to the the very last jump on the last run of the day and he went he was like it's like heck why not may as well go for it right came clean over the handlebars landed on his face had to be yep. taken to the hospital immediately one of the most like traumatic experiences of my personal life because it was Bike just crashes like, suck i know yeah it was just yeah. like it was i mean like his eye was swollen shut and there was blood which like, oh my god! Like, oh. Yeah, but anyway, he ended up being completely fine, miraculously and yeah. amazingly. So it was like huge relief. Um, but anyway, yeah, last run energy. You know, it's last just run like, energy, it's, it's right? But so back to your chainsaw story. But so back to the chainsaw. So I, I will say, I successful. Uh, the other thing was that like I, I have this like um, contraption left in my garage from the previous owners, and it's just like an extension cord that's mounted to the wall that will retract itself back, and it's oh, like pretty hand, long, handy. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty handy. So I'm always I'm like a big fan of that. But even so, it wasn't enough to get me even close to the tree. So I had asked you uh, before we met up for the our, our three-quarter Murph, which we did this past weekend. We did indeed. Yes, yes we did. Mark. Boom. Nailed it. It was a little bit harder, no doubt. But if I could borrow an extension cord and you brought me one and I was like, boom, bam, this is going to be great. Um, and then even when I had that one, it was not far enough. And I was like, man, I cannot believe this. So I had to go dig out. We have this other one on our porch that we used for just like our string lights up there. And I was like, this, I because I was so close. And this that one got me like to, I would say about 40% of the branches I needed to get to. But at the same time, I'm like, I feel like there's probably some wisdom and not like daisy chaining extension cords together and operating a chainsaw like it feels yeah. like i'm playing with fire or something welcome to the jay carlin school of home repair yeah i know i'm like i don't think you're supposed to do this i will say uh, and ultimately i still because uh, i could only get to like half the branches we had to go ask one of our neighbors if we could borrow one of their extension cords at which point i was like i'm at least just going to replace mine with theirs because theirs is longer so i'm not daisy chaining four of them yeah and i feel yeah. like someone at home is listening like oh my god don't do yeah, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, certainly, certainly. I know. But anyway, I did it and I made it. So let me ask you, what does it sound like I was doing anything? Have you used a chainsaw before? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I have to, I, I do own a chainsaw, like okay. a gas powered chainsaw. And um, it is, I mean, I, I know that I've, I've talked quite a bit about my love for, for splitting wood. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which, which resides to this day. And I'm not entirely sure that in retirement, I'm not going to open up a, um, a like, log splitting therapy session where you mm. just come and like split logs and split logs so like, is fun man there is, i mean it's just like you know it's, yeah, it's, it's such satisfying. a it's a cathartic experience and um that was exactly how my first ever chainsaw experience went and I, I will tell you that like i remember the moment because it brought me back from just like like i was just in like a pit of despair yeah um and it was it was such an interesting experience because it was i i was doing my uh aquarium retail store while i was in college and um, sort of like during that period of time had met this guy out of uh, Florida who was doing these like really unbelievable aquarium installations like across the country and in the globe. And, you know, he's like one of the best in the world, like did the aquariums at, like Smithsonian and just right. all sorts of yeah. incredible stuff. So I, I'm sort of like looking at like, you know, his entire business model and I'm looking at like what I'm currently doing. And I'm like, well, the last thing I want to do is like, you know, be kind of like. Um, in this like retail environment every day, just cause that's not like where I per like in particular thrive. Like right. I, I would rather be out there like trying to like, 
you know, push the boundaries onto the next or whatever. And so I basically like, you know, took his business model. I was trying to apply it here. We had the aquariums center in the square in downtown Roanoke. He ended up being roped in, you know, to like help us do the installation, sort of like the lead man on the job so that we knew how to do like some of the more technical stuff and everything. And I mean, to say that I was like just tossed into the deep end is such a drastic understatement. And for like months and weeks on end, this entire crew, uh, weeks and months on end, rather, uh, this entire crew had like come up and they're like living in Roanoke while they're like normally like Florida residents and everything. And that, that means that like weekends aren't a thing anymore because you're like, they're here, you know? So it's like, they want to get back to their homes, their families, you know, like all the rest of everything. So it's like, for, for months, it's just like seven days a week, you know, from seven in the morning until six o'clock at night. I'm just like tired and exhausted and, you know, like running myself full tilt. And I'm just uh, the, the biggest thing really isn't even like the physical exhaustion. It's the mental version of every single thing that I was doing. I was essentially doing properly for the first time right and so i mean it was just like like nothing had muscle memory everything was like this like huge learning experience and it was on like the highest scale of like what roanoke aquarium life could look like right you know so i was just like i'm just like trying to do my absolute best and i think that like i was just i was so dogged by it and um not not to, to the fault of anybody just literally like this was this is just like what like my my personal like earning my stripes moment looked like and one of the big aquarium attractions that we were doing was like a local turtle species and so brilliantly i had the idea that we should go to uh like a flood zone near the roanoke river and collect large pieces of driftwood that we could use inside of the tank to, to, to make it even that much more authentic. Like, right. Like we're not using like store-bought decorations. We're using like real logs. Real from driftwood. The, from the real river. Where from these, their environment. From these real, tur- well, yeah, from where the real turtles had been like collected from and everything. And um, so we got this huge, I mean, the log must have weighed like 350, 400 Ooh. pounds. I mean, it was just huge. It took up the entire back of like a volunteer's pickup truck. He had like met me out next to the river. Oh my gosh. We're out there. We're trying to like figure out how to get it inside. And I'm like, I'm, I have like the trembles because I feel like this, like, this part of the project I think had like really been something where they're like Ben we're gonna let you figure it out like fully just go and I get there and it's just like the situation where it's like there's no way in the world that we're gonna be able to fit this log into this aquarium because it is so big right the volunteer who helped he's like driving this like really cool old little pickup truck he goes in he's like I got my chainsaw should we cut some pieces off of it and I was like yeah that sounds great and I don't even know how to tell you how much like I desperately needed this like release yeah. because I was just, I was so tired. I was so frustrated. I felt so lost in the experience and I like, he's like, yeah, here you go. Like give it a shot. And so I start like carving like huge chunks off of this chainsaw or off this log. Yeah. And I was just like, I came back to life. Oh really? Yes. I swear. I mean like it was a, it was a visible, like, you know, we've talked before about like, um, like quote from name of the wind or whatever, like, you know, looking like three feet taller and like flames on his shoulders and all the rest, you know, it's like, I, I feel like I went, from just feeling like miserable and sad and like worried and like out of my league to just being like, just like, you know, like the, the roar of the chainsaw and the, the, the physical nature of it and everything. It was like, boom. boom. And then I got the log inside of the aquarium and it was like, there we go. There you we go. Did, did it. it. Looks I great. I know. I know. It looks great. And then, and then you want to know what the worst part is? What? It ended up being the worst decision in the world because oh, no. most driftwood in aquariums is like, um, it's not petrified wood, but it's like largely like wood that has been sunk underwater for such a long period of time that it like, it doesn't float or rot. Oh, and interesting. Th- this particular log, um, 
was not that. So it just slowly rotted for like the next four years and I eventually had to remove it anyway. Oh but, no. But, but, but the point is I got to use a chainsaw for the first time and it was just like, it, it just like, it really did bring me back to life. It was nice. really cool. So very cool. Yeah. I think I'm, it probably has something, some small piece to do with my affinity for like all things wood related. Okay. You know, just like, yeah, being able to like get out there and like, I, I think that's why it's like swinging an ax. It's just definitely got this like, I don't even know. It's like, yeah. it, it's like there is skill involved. You can be good at it. People are good at it. I am not one of those people. Right. However, like, like the sweat and the blisters and, and all the rest of it. It's like, right. oh man, it's a good release. It is a good release. So did you get like lessons from this guy about how to use the chainsaw? Or did he just hand it to you? And it's just like, yeah, there's really no way to mess up. Well, I think that's where, uh, like, even as you were describing it, I was like, like, uh, chainsaws are like the game of tack, simple in design, easy yeah. to learn. Right. But strategies can be like extremely complicated. Uh-huh. <laughs> in nature and uh so i i have a friend who worked for the forest service and he has explained to me before that like the guys who have like their like who work for the forest service and they have their chainsaws it's like they are like uh like a third limb for these people mm-hmm. you know it's like they know their chainsaws inside out they baby them like like unbelievably yeah. like and they know all of the meticulous cuts and moves and movements and everything that you have to do to like yeah successfully like yield the right product meanwhile if i'm ever like cutting a branch off of something half the time it'll like pinch the blade and then the blade gets stuck and then i have to like prop it up somehow and it's like a whole uh-huh. it's a whole lesson and just like, yeah i was like, i didn't have that problem at all that away no pinching i'm very proud of you yeah were you cutting from the top going down then yeah. i guess yeah, excellent excellent yeah. that's perfect yeah 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 well because i felt like if i went from the bottom then it would pinch yeah it would pinch yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the real trick is is the issue of when the when the log is like already tipped over and laying on the ground in some capacity and oh that, then it's like yeah then it's like yeah you want to cut yeah. from the top and then it pinches up i don't know it's okay. yeah uh, I could see how that would be a problem. I seem to like make a V first or something and then. Yeah. 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 But okay. I think I think you did great. I think you did great. Well, it, cool. sounds, it sounds like you got through the experience. So did you find afterwards that you felt better? I mean, it was it was a it was like a marathon day of like projects for me. So like first we woke up and we went and we did the the three quarter Murph. Yep. Which was um, you know obviously it was like it, it's so like we're we're doing this thing where we're trying to work up from the half to the three quarter to the full, which we'll be doing uh, next weekend. And it's like you know it doesn't feel so bad doing the half, but it's like it is it's not like it, it's certainly not linear in difficulty. It is still exponential. Yes. So absolutely. it's like doing the workouts ahead of time does help you prepare for the next one. But it's like. Not only do you have to do five more rounds of like the squats and the push ups and the pull ups, but the run itself is longer ahead of time and the run after is longer. And I feel like that is really where it starts like scaling up on you. So the next one, the fact that you're going to have to run a mile and like a full mile and then do even more than you were doing and then run the full mile again, it's just like. In, in case you haven't been listening to our saga, yeah, the 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 Murph in in form is usually run a mile, one hundred pull ups, two hundred push ups, three hundred air squats, and then run another mile. Yeah, and um, you, usually the way that we do it is we break it up into. Uh, like a full Murph would be 20 sets of five pull-ups, 10 push-ups, 15 air squats, and then just repeat, you know, all the way through that sequence. Yeah. And so we've done like 10 sets, 15 sets, and then this upcoming weekend we'll do 20 sets to, right. to close out our Murph. But yeah, no, it's, you're, you're absolutely right. Like I was like, we, we did like our two halves and it was kind of like, I, I pretty much got to the end of them and was like, that was a workout. Like we worked out this morning. Oh, so, you know, it was like not bad, but like, yeah, I think coming off of, off of this past weekend, I was, I was proper spent. Yeah. And I was like, very tired. Okay. Yeah. But so I came home immediately from that and basically started my, my chainsawing and, uh, got, got through all of that. And then I had to, well, once all the branches were down, then I had to like, 
move them from beneath the tree yes, <laughs> to, yeah, yeah. to like the brush pile next to the road. And it was like, I kept dragging them over there. And it was like, if you look at it now, it's like a small hill outside of my house. It's like, man, trees are big. Um, so trees that are big. trees are big, trees are big. <laughs> yes, they are. So that was like a, a whole second extra chore on top of it. And then we basically went right from there into constructing the, um, Nick and Nate's, uh, big boy beds. Yeah. Yeah. We talked a little bit before, but basically we're preparing for potty training. So we want them to be able to get out of their beds freely so that they can go potty if they need to. Um, so we had to build the beds first, which you know, is like just at first you have to get the old cribs out of the room and they're like, you know, I think the, a regular door is like 30 inches across or something. Right. These cribs. Oh, so frustrating. They're like 31 inches. So it's you like, know, it's, it's, it's right it feels like you're so close. And we literally had the tape measure out and we're like, well, if we take the door off, we'll be, we'll, we'll be able to get it. And it was like, I still don't think so. Did you consider just bringing the chainsaw upstairs? I did not. Just slicing them suckers clean in half? I did not. Well, because we had ambitions of like like giving the, the old cribs to like like newer moms or like a women's shelter or something like that of to course, like reuse yeah. them. That, that, or something. that makes way more sense than my idea. It does. They, I will say, but it's like at the same time, you're taking them apart and you're like, man, these are pretty beat up and gross sure. <laughs> after being used for three years by my toddlers. And then, you know, we started calling around and it's like, apparently with stuff like this, like the, the safety regulations changes on them so rapidly. Right. That like if they're not like from the last year, they're basically unacceptable and stuff. And they were, I don't know. So I don't think much is going to become of them because they are pretty beat up and disgusting and out of date at this point. Okay. So unfortunate um, in that regard. But anyway, we it took a while to take them apart and then to assemble the new beds, which then, you know, they take out their it's like in my mind, I'm like, oh, yeah, we'll just put their new beds in and they'll be but and they'll, you know, take up the same space the cribs took up. But of course, that's not true. They're way bigger. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. So it's like suddenly now you have to rearrange the whole room. It's a slider puzzle. It's, it's a slider. It, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like the uh, it's like in Survivor, like we have to like go through and like move all the pieces around. It's like, well, I have to move the thing where it needs to be away from the thing where it's supposed to be so that I can put this other thing there so that, that thing can go here. Exactly. So yeah. we eventually we figured it out and got everything back in the room and there is like this this new part of me now that we're like so close to the potty training that I feel like it, it is reminding me of like the two weeks after I had turned in my like my letter of resignation at the Berglund Center where it's just like your motivation is on this like very slow decline for the next two weeks yes. where you're just like you know, like I, I had worked there for, you know, five years and I was proud of the work I did there. And, you know, but, but the, every single day you're there, you're like, I don't have to really worry about this. This is not going to be my problem. Yeah. And then like, you know, I remember like at one point someone like my, my boss coming in and be like, so I know you've only got like a couple weeks left, but you know, I really still need you to like finish this thing. And it'll be like, yeah, 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 of course. And then you like feel momentarily reinvigorated. Like I'm going to go out on a high note. And so there's this like sudden spike of motivation. And then that lasts for like two days and you're like, yeah, mm, it's not going to be my problem. <laughs> right, right. It's like, it's like, well, if I'm not here, then you can't really be here. And I'm going to go work for myself. I'm so. going to be working for myself. So, uh, yeah. But so that's how I'm starting to feel about changing diapers. Oh, at the moment where every time there's like every time there's like a, another poopy diaper, it's like, I don't really mind. I've been changing diapers nonstop for five years now. But um, it's like every now now you're like really close to the finish line. You're like, oh, my gosh, this is just like 
the fact is I really don't like, I really prefer not to have to do this every day. <laughs> Dude, I swear. I think I, I've, I've always like kind of referred to this as like the roommate principle where it's like, yeah, you live you're with right. somebody it's exactly yeah, what it is. through college. And it's like, whenever you have roommates hard stop, it's like they, whether or not you notice it. And, and many of you maybe do, but like there are always going to be things that the roommate is actively doing that are bothering you that you don't realize how much they're bothering you because you know that you have to like make peace and live together. Exactly. And then when you're in like it's kind of like that like last few weeks of that period of time and it's like it's like dude could you could you please do the dishes right like please yeah like once the finish line is in sight it's suddenly like boy it's all of those things that bother you suddenly like really come to the surface so i'm like i really cannot wait to not have to change any more diapers anymore and it's like not only that but it means like one that means if i don't have to change diapers it's like i cannot tell you like it's like the number of changes for the positive this means are like so great yeah. because it means that one i can get rid of the diaper pails in the house right which means the house won't smell like occasionally bad after like, like a bad like, poop like, you know like diaper yeah it won't smell like diaper and it means i won't have to buy the diaper pail bags and i won't have to buy wipes and i won't have to buy the diapers I and know. i can get rid of the changing tables oh my and it's gosh. just like like all of these things it's like not only will i not have to wipe your butt anymore but i will also be saving so much money and space and smell in my house so like the like the all of a sudden like the potential like reaping of the fruit is so close and i'm like i really don't want to change these diapers anymore so like i really want the diaper or potty trade like yesterday oh my gosh yeah that, no it's it's i mean it's 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 wild too because i mean you really you guys um kind of like dovetailed a little bit between like having luke and his potty training relative to the twins so yeah. like i mean you've been in like a like a probably how old is luke now like five and a half yeah so you I mean five and a half years of of diapers being a daily part of your oh life. my gosh yeah and it was yeah. like there was some crossover time where it was three kids who had diapers at the same time and once luke graduated you know just completely out of it it was so great because you're like oh man that's like one whole less kid but you were still like you still had like a net negative because like even though it was one less it was still one more than it had been right <laughs> you right, know because right, right. you went from from one to three so yeah i um i really i really can't wait and i feel like it's very soon in my future and I hope they just, you know, take to it <laughs> swiftly. <laughs> there we and go. We're just good to go. There we go. And we can start uh, making making way for other stuff. I can't. I can't wait be... to see like what type of new activity you'll have to call it your diaper hobby. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and I would encourage you to to tell everybody like I got a new diaper hobby. I got a new diaper hobby. And people are gonna be like, "What is a diaper hobby?" It's, and it's like, okay, yeah. here, sit down, listen. Here Diapers we go. be expensive. Diapers be expensive. They take time. They take time. Now I have that extra money yeah. and time available Ex to do something else. Exactly. And space. Did and I mention the space? Did I mentioned the space. There's a whole corner of my otherwise very nice sitting room that will not be a changing table. Yes. <laughs> yes. So that's uh, that's pretty good. I can't wait for that to all be done. But so to answer your question, after uh, using the chainsaw and going through all my projects, yes, I felt very good. Good. Because it was like, I, re I honestly, I remember walking up the stairs on Saturday night like to go to bed and like my brain suddenly remembered it's like hey you forgot to be stressed about things today and i was like 
hey, that's good. I am now, but, <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, you're right. That is, I know, no, I know. I, I always think this is like a very interesting thing, but like, you know, if you if you have trouble sleeping, I feel like there's usually like the, it's like a blend between the, are you physically tired? Are you, are you physically wearing yourself out every day? And are you mentally wearing yourself out every day? Yeah. And I feel like they're two very different things, you know, like, like one can yes. do one or the other, but I feel like when you've done both are the days like where you can get into bed at the end of the day and like be like completely like at peace yes and i feel like that's that it's like okay i can go and rest now right everything will yeah. be okay i do remember trying to um like do do exactly that at one point um working at the concert venue it was like getting towards the end where like i had the i thought i had this like great solution that like where like i was feeling so stressed at work and i was not sleeping well all the time but i also had like recently just discovered podcasts in general as like a as like a thing yeah like i was like oh my and i had like this whole and I, you know at that time i think i'd been i was it was like the early days of youtube where i was subscribed to like five of them and it was like oh man it's so exciting like when new episodes come out and i'm trying to catch up on all of them and i don't want miss any yeah and so i was like i but i don't have enough time to even listen to all of them but uh and i'm having trouble you know but so my solution was to like wake up early every day at like six o'clock or something and go for like a one hour walk where i would then have woken up early which conceivably would have extended my day to make me more tired i would have exercised which would also conceivably have made me more tired and i would have added like a whole hour of podcast listening time so it seemed like it was going to be this like great solution that would maybe like help me uh sleep at night and ultimately what happened was that i just got sick (laughs) oh no i know i remember like like the next week i had just like a head cold from I guess like I guess it was it was cold outside so maybe I was getting up and walking in the cold every morning and that wasn't great right right, um, right the time of year and that time of year so anyway then I had a, a, just a different problem and I don't even think it helped with the sleep or whatever so ultimately totally failed experiment but in my mind it was such a perfect alignment of all the things that were going to help me like excel right and right. listen to more and I did listen to a lot of podcasts so that so, was so, there's that. so, so you, there was that so I had you, a week of that so you're smarter yeah that's so, amazing so there's that that is a great segue though yes. into a an, an exciting invitation that we can extend to all of the little kernels who are out there listening at the moment because we are officially officially launching the the first not our first ever step competition our first ever public step competition so um it is it is called miles managed uh kind of like a wizarding theme but you're going to be traveling from uh the iconic um king's cross station in london up to an uncharted magical castle in uh in Scotland. Not entirely uncharted because like a while ago um, we made a video about like Hogwarts exact location discovered. Yes. And so that was like our theory for where the actual Hogwarts castle is in real life or like where where like it, you know, canonically would be if it existed. Right. And it was a super fun video because it was like we found like a lake with like a ruined castle in the middle of it and it met the requirements for everything you knew from the books. And then even if you like tried to look at the castle from Google Maps, like the closest spot you could get to it, like if you did the 360 view, there was this like one pixelated square and it happened to be exactly over the castle, which is also like how they describe what happens when muggles look at the castle. It's like, yeah, you just sort of forget or you'll just see ruins or something. And it was like, yeah, you can't even see it on the one square on Google Maps. It is like, this is it. It's perfect. It's in the middle of a lake. It's like, so we used those coordinates for 
this step competition. So the idea is, yeah, you're you're walking from King's Cross Station in London to our um, theorized magical school location. Yes, yes. And, and yeah, it's, so it's, go ahead. No, I mean, yeah. it's just going to be so cool because we've never done anything like this before, but it's like an adventure challenge. So as you move forward, you're a little like dot on the map. Like you'll have like your own individual dot and it will like travel up the like you know up the united kingdom as you as you make it through like all of like our little checkpoints and everything and jay and i had an absolute blast going through and devising i think there's 10 checkpoints total but like along the way you'll like encounter different like magical creatures and and different things and like we had like a lot of fun like having like the art made you know specifically like for each of those so yes it feels it feels like a i keep calling it like a diet light D campaign sort of kind of because there aren't really any decisions that you can make along the way but you will encounter things and, and sort of have like a like a run narrative as you go from start to finish right um and it's pretty cool so like it's you, you can do a, a max travel distance from like any um uh, step tracker that you have whether it's like a fitbit or apple watch or any of the various things your phone every smartphone has a pedometer built into it as well so you can just use that if you don't have anything else um but uh, you can travel up to six miles a day and at most the the entire journey we have it scaled to like 120 total miles so at most it, or at the fastest you can finish is in 20 days right and i'm so curious to see if there's like a leader pack of people because you'll be able to see everybody else's dots as, as they travel as well yeah yeah and so yeah so the way it'll work is yeah you'll have the pacer app which we've used for our other like step competition things we've done and obviously you're not actually walking the distance between the two places but as you walk around in the real world it will calculate distance for you and apply it to our predetermined map yeah exactly. and you'll move forward and you'll move forward and so yeah we've scaled it so that it's 120 miles and the max amount you can move per day is six miles. So obviously, like if you walk around in your real life, like for 10 miles or whatever, that's great. It will only count six of them towards the towards, towards the, total, the competition. But yeah. so if you I think if you do three miles a day, it'll take you like 60 days, right? Uh, three miles a day would be half distance. So that would take you 40 days. Okay. 40 days. Yeah. 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 Um, and so, yeah, and you can, you can start anytime after June 1st and run up to July 31st. And we'll have a link to all this in the show notes for today's, uh, in for today's show. Um, it is completely free to participate. So like there's, there's absolutely no cost involved or anything like that. Um, we do, um, have participation medals as well as the t-shirt that I'm actually wearing right now. If you're viewing like the, the, the video version of the podcast, um, and a, a really cool water bottle. So all of those things are available over at Colorado Mothers Mercantile. So if you want like a like a like a medal to you know commemorate the experience, we've got something yeah. like that. I think they're going to be really like I can't I can't wait to physically get mine. I think it's going to be so cool. Yeah, yeah. So um, when you get there, you can just put the medal on and boom, you will have finished the miles managed competition. The, yeah, 2023. Yeah, but it is super fun because when we've done this in the past, it's like we've only been like in teams. So this time it's just everyone just sort of trekking together. Fend for yourself. Fend for yourself. But it's so fun, like watching the leaderboard. And so I suspect there will be a large there's like I expect there to be like a, a leader pack that does the six miles every day. But then there will be people who just sort of like continuously finish day after day. Right. As we move along. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. It's going to be it's going to be really neat. I think I'm, I'm so I'm so excited for it. So if you've never done one of our step competitions, like don't feel any hesitation. Like I think probably it's even the case that like just throughout the course of your day, you're probably stepping more miles than you think you are. Right. Um, and so, you know, it's like it, you, you don't really even need to like necessarily upscale uh your your existing activity all of that much to to partake yeah but hopefully um, it motivates you to move around a little more there you go there yeah. you go anyway uh from there we could probably just move to a transition transition 
Popcorn Culture is sponsored by June's Journey. Okay, so y'all know how we love a good Easter egg in a movie. It's like the creators are just winking at you from the screen, being like, hey, you can know, you know. Well, to spot these, I often feel like my eyes are on just maximum alert, scanning every little nook and cranny of every scene. But I've got to tell you that June's Journey takes this concept to a whole new level. With a murder mystery backstory, you enter room after room and are tasked with quickly locating specific objects to progress through the story. And let me tell you what, I assumed I'd be good at this, but I must have played the estate parlor room like 10 times trying to clear it faster. Then there's this whole like customization aspect where you can build out your island as you earn points. It starts as like a beautiful estate, then you can add gardens, fountains, walking paths, and so much more. So find out who murdered June's sister and get lost in the roaring 20s and discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Popcorn Culture is supported by Shopify. If you've ever purchased a candle, coffee, tea, or t-shirt from us, then you've actually interacted with our own Shopify store. Now, in case that's not clear exactly what that means, allow me to explain. Coming up with great merch can be a challenge, and figuring out where and how to sell that merch used to feel like just as difficult, until we found Shopify. Shopify is your no-excuses business partner. You can sell without needing to code or design, just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop in no time. Long before I ever uploaded my first video to YouTube, I tried opening an online store for a past business selling aquarium stuff, as you know I did in a past life, and what I came up with was so complicated. It was the major blockade to creating merch for us for the longest time. That's where Shopify's standout feature must be its user-friendly interface and flexibility. It empowers users, regardless of technical expertise, to create and customize their online stores easily. So sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash pop pop. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash pop pop now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash pop pop. Popcorn Culture is sponsored by Marvel Strike Force. Okay, so are you guys like me? Like where you watch the Avengers, you're like, wow, Nick Fury has no idea how to assemble a team. I would make so many changes. Well, with Marvel Strike Force, you can do just that. Because this game is all about engaging in epic battles, strategically assembling your team of heroes and villains to stop the evil Ultimus. But it is really not just about the battles. I mean, Marvel Strike Force offers an immersive storyline, stunning graphics, and a vast roster of characters to collect an upgrade from Spider-Man to Captain America, Doctor Strange, Doctor Doom to Black Panther, the entire Marvel Universe is yours to explore. So seriously, it doesn't even matter if you're a hardcore Marvel fan or not, or whether you're just looking for like an action-packed RPG experience. Download Marvel Strike Force now on the App Store or Google Play Store and join millions of players worldwide and unleash the power of the Marvel Universe on your mobile device. Plus, this is kind of the cool thing and maybe why you want to do it like right now is because the Deadpool anniversary event is going on right now. So there's like weekly events and bonuses. And if you complete each event, you receive special awards and skins and all that fun, cool cosmetic upgrade stuff. And and we have a unique promo code for every new user. So please follow the link in our description. That's how they know you came from us and use the promo code MAXPOOL. And once again, thank you so much to Marvel Strike Force for sponsoring this episode.
Okay, Jay, I have, I had kind of an interesting piece of feedback from a little colonel over the weekend. And uh, it was like a type of thing that I was kind of like, no way. But um, last week on After the Final Pop, uh, which is like one of our our Patreon uh, extra shows that we do, um, we had talked a little bit about how I had a close friend who I'd encouraged to read Name of the Wind, who had claimed that he had basically taken like many different stabs at the apple and could never really like get that into it. And, Mm -hmm. And I was always like, no, 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 no. Like, like I, I I tell this to everybody. It's like name. Of the, it's like you gotta commit to it. You know, like it's it's like you gotta get to the university. Yeah, it's like it's like I know it's a slog in the beginning, and and like you know yeah, they pat- drop you in at sixty miles an hour, right? Like yeah. all, all the things, and and basically he got to the end of it, and he was just like, honestly, man, it just wasn't my thing. Like you know, and and so that that's like what I was talking about on uh, after the final pop, and the the um feedback that I got from a little colonel out there, I was like, oh my gosh, and so like there was a part of me that felt like like. I had never considered this possible potential, but so I wanted to discuss it with you. So you don't even know what I'm about I, to say. You're right. I don't. Um, but so what, what this was, uh, and, and sort of my, my, my entire commentary in after the final pop was like, what, what I love about name of the wind is that I, I trust myself enough to not let like someone else's opinion impact my own. Mm-hmm. Like this is not something where you could come in and like explain to me why it's not good. And I'll be like, Oh, all right, well, then I won't like it anymore. Right. <laughs> but like, you know, but that, that can happen with plenty of things in my life where it's like somebody points and I was like, no, 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 no. Like you see, like, here's the, here's where there's an issue. It's like, oh, I didn't realize that. Okay. Um, but, and, and so it's like, I feel very like, like secure in my enjoyment of this thing. And I've, I've just sort right. of like unironically loved it um, like through and through. Um, however, uh, this particular close friend of mine uh, had finally got through the entire story and he was just like, dude, it's not for me, man. Like I just, you know, I didn't, I didn't like it for these reasons and, and whatever. Um, and so the, the person who wrote in was like, I was so happy to hear you talk about someone who is like a close friend of yours who read Name of the Wind and didn't enjoy it because I also read Name of the Wind and did not enjoy it mm-hmm. and have been feeling guilty about it because as like a fan of like the pop and like Super Carlin Brothers and stuff, he's like, I feel like I always, I always really appreciate y'all's recommendations and i normally love everything you guys do recommend and i, I was feeling like like you know in some way uh like, <laughs> like I, you like, let us down like you let us down by not it. enjoying yeah. it or something and i was like oh my gosh like you know i know that we have like i mean it's it's like a bingo square we've we've talked about name of the wind through and through we've made fan theories about it you know like on scb main and stuff like that like it's definitely something that i think has become like a big piece of me and yours friendship even like mm-hmm. be, even beyond our brotherhood i would say indeed um so I was like, man, maybe I should bring this up in the main episode because I wonder if there's anybody else out there who is kind of like, guys, I don't really see it. Like, <laughs> like, like it was fine, but like, I, I, you know, like I didn't, I didn't get into it the way that you guys seem to have gotten into it. And so like, I wanted to, I wanted to bring it up because I was like, I wonder if there's anybody we need to like let off the hook who is like, who has also maybe been in the same position as this particular person. Cause I was mm-hmm. like, that it's such an interesting perspective and it's something I had genuinely never considered before. Yeah. Like, like the outside chance that somebody would be like, they love it so much. And I just, I don't, I'm not there. Well, I don't. Yeah, I mean, if you if you've read it and you didn't enjoy it, I don't think you need to feel. You certainly don't need to feel guilty or like you owe us your enjoyment of Name of the Wind. Of Name of the Wind, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But no, I, I don't know. I mean, I, like, yeah. I just thought it was curious. I thought it was interesting. It was it was not something that that had crossed my mind in the past. So yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else in my past where I've like felt guilty for not enjoying it in particular when 
it seemed like I was supposed to or something. I feel like the closest thing I can come up with is uh, the movie That Thing You Do, oh. uh, which like everyone in our family just like really loves. And the music in it is like, you know, very catchy. If you haven't seen it, it's a movie that is like, I guess... Uh, it, it came out in like the 90s. It's got Tom Hanks as the manager of this band called The Wonders. And they're just sort of like, a, I don't know, like the Beatles-esque kind of band. Yeah, I mean, they're they're yeah. definitely kind of going for that. Like the lead singer sort of has like that that Beatles vibe, a little bit the haircut. And they, they've named themselves like the running joke that they're like the Oneaters because like the Beatles spell the Beatles, B-E-A-T, like beat, like music beat. Yeah. Um, not like, like Beatle the Bug. Right. Um, but, you know um and then that's like what the wonders are doing so it's not like w-o-n-d-e-r-s it's, it's o-n-e, O-N-E yeah. but they keep calling them the o-neaters the o-neaters yeah, and yeah. they're like no it's just the wonders we're changing the spelling the wonders w-o-n yeah, yeah. yeah. um but like it, i remember like growing up and like our family just like really likes this movie and i've ju- I like the entire like the i remember the first time i saw it like feeling like well i can tell you the full story okay the first time we watched that thing you do which the song is very catchy and very fun i remember feeling like very upset on that night in particular because we had gone to the video rental store and I was like and like we had like walked past like the um there was like a big shelf full of James Bond golden eye movies that like was now available to rent okay and I remember being like oh my gosh so exciting like like dad can we please get this and he was like nope nope my one of my coworkers told me uh, this movie, that thing you do is really great. And he, uh, it was like one of those were like one of the very few times where dad was like insistent that we get that thing, you, like a different movie from what the kids wanted or something. Sure. Or, and you know, I guess it's a, it's perfectly good, like family movie or whatever, and probably more appropriate than Goldeneye for, for a fourth grader. Yeah. But, I was, uh, was going to say, yeah, I mean, Goldeneye, like it's like one of those things where you go back and you look at it and you're like, Huh. Yeah, it's like when you just James Bond in general is not really for kids. Right. You yeah, know? that's so like, much. Yeah, no, there's just a bunch of killing and womanizing and stuff. And uh, yeah, anyway, anyway, um, I was I was like upset. And so I think like I had like a certain like spitefulness against the movie because not only did I did we not get to watch the movie that I wanted to watch, but then like the worst case scenario was that the next day, both of my best friends at school had the very previous night rented Goldeneye and watched it individually. And it's all the whole class could talk about. And I was like, I'm so mad. I was like, this is it. And everyone was just talking about it. And I was like, I knew it. And I was so mad. And I didn't like that other movie. And blah. and so that was my early vendetta against that thing you do okay okay so well, I'm, I'm following so but like but it sounds like in addition to so you're, you're not just simply saying like the the dislike of it was amplified because it sounds like the way that you phrased it was like like oh we didn't get to watch a movie i wanted to watch and instead watch a movie i didn't like to watch right okay yeah so i like it occurred to me that like it, for a long time that was the reason i didn't like that thing you do okay because of my early vendetta with <laughs> posing that against Goldeneye, the James Bond movie. Got it. But at, like years later, after that whole debacle was over and whatever, it occurred to me that like maybe, you maybe you need to give it another a fair shot, and that that's not really a fair assessment. Everyone else in the family seems to like this movie, and the song is catchy. So I rewatched it, and I still just don't like it as a movie. Really? <laughs> I just yeah. I just like I. It's like I don't know. I don't find I. Just, I don't. I don't know what it is about it. I'm just like I would rather be watching something else. So that is my adult take on that thing you do, which is that I also don't like it. <laughs> but oh my like, gosh. Every, but I feel like I, it is this funny thing where I think even last week we were talking about this movie in office, and I was you were talking about. It and I was like, yeah, I don't really 
like that movie and you were like what and ethan the editor was like ben we've had this conversation like six times and that is so <laughs> funny i know i mean it's just like i i don't know i don't know why it like shocks me so much because like i remember watching that thing you do as a kid and mm-hmm. i remember like the next day being so excited and i went and i like went into like the tupperware drawer and <clears> pulled out all of like the Tupperware containers and like built myself like a drum set. Oh, a drum set. And then, yeah. Like, went and got like a couple of like bamboo skewers for like kebabs or something like right. that. And was like playing the drums. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that like you know, guy is the drummer. Guy is the drummer. He's, he's sort of like the main character. Um, and I, I mean, I just remember thinking like he was just like so cool. Yeah. Like, he just like understood <laughs> like, you know, like what made music great and everything. Right. And, and I, I even he was only about, ever in it for the music. Right. And yeah, the girl. And the girl. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, I remember, as a kid i was actually just thinking about this over the weekend as well there was a band uh that that like we listened to sort of like during like the boy band era called five i think possibly does that ring a bell to you Mm. i I think i had the cd and i knew exactly one song of which i can't even remember what the name of it is now but i'm sure if you know of the band five you know exactly which one i'm talking about but dad had these big speakers in our living room and i remember like sitting in front of the speakers and like putting the cd in and i mean i would like sit with my back to the speaker and just like like listen listen to it like big big volume what a profoundly different effect this movie had on us i know i know (laughs) yeah it's just like it's so funny um because well and we talk about it all the time too and that's probably the other piece of it is like like we talk all the time about how like music is not our forte like how neither of us really have like known how to play like a musical instrument and um like even uh, my my big thing is that i always like you just cannot remember the lyrics to anything oh but you could remember that thing you do well i mean i can't remember that yeah. thing you do because it's incredibly catchy yeah amazing <laughs> in every single way and i mean it's just completely infallible <laughs> <laughs> but um but it, it is interesting to me because it's like uh, i as i've gotten older like i remember uh, when I was like rock climbing, for example, like there were moments and one of the coolest things to me about rock climbing was like the the way in which you could go and do it with your friends was like everybody could be like talking and hanging out and socializing. Like it, it could be just as much sitting down like at the bar to like have a couple of drinks with your friends and just catching up or whatever. But in the meantime, instead of like sipping on like a drink, you were like climbing the wall right and so like when it was like your turn to go it was almost like everybody sort of like sat back and was like like this like little mini audience if you will Mm -hmm. and you know it was like i i think that it's like the closest i've ever felt to feeling like a rock star Uh, Uh, rock rock, star i didn't even mean to Mm -hmm. but i'm so glad at how it worked out right um in my entire life though because like we like even like when we did like the live version of the pop it was something where it's like, I know that for 180 episodes now, we've been able to successfully go in, sit down and record, you know, approximately an hour of us having like discussion with some level of intention behind it. Mm-hmm. And yet, like, it's still not something that like I view as a skill. Like every single time we come in to sit down, I'm still thinking like, what if today is the day that we finally don't have enough to say? And it's just like, that's it. And, and I, and it's just like, there's, there's no more, but like when, and, and so like, I think like when I were to like walk out in front of a crowd of people, uh, for the pop, 
it, it, it's not like what I'm about to demonstrate for you is a skill that I know that I possess. What I'm walking out to is, is like nerves. Like I feel like scared uh-huh. and worried that like this, that like this group of people, cause even when we record here in the room, it's like if, if we run off the rails and there's like nothing else left to say, and it's kind of like whatever, like, Hey, let's go back to our show notes. Or like, let's pause for a second. We can make a cut here. We can like, you know, figure out how to like get back on track or whatever, find a new conversation topic. That's got like more like depth to it. Um, it was like, if, if, I run off the rails in front of this huge group of people, then it will be all of these people like watching me fail. And so it's like, that was like less empowering in the way that like when I, when I used to rock climb, it would be like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, I would, I mean, you're talking like a group of like possibly from two to like six people max who are watching you here. And yet I still felt like very, very, very like proud because it was like, I'm about to go up and I'm about to do something difficult. And it's like, but like, but I think I can do it. Right. And to be that, to be fair, it's like, it's not like a bunch of people didn't watch me fail at finishing a climb on numerous occasions. Right. However, what it has done to me, uh, is made me wonder if part of the huge appeal of performing, as a musician is like you're walking out onto that stage playing songs that you know how to play. Right. And so it's like, like it's almost like, you know, if I were to be able to back in the day, I mean, I can't climb that well now, but like at my peak, it's like if I were to be able to go out in front of a crowd of like hundreds of screaming voices and just, and throw down a V five or something and be like, boom, boom mic drop. It. yeah, it's like, like I'd be like on cloud nine. And I'm like, I wonder if that's the, like the sensation that musicians get when they go out there because like they know that they can, they can play the song. Right. But now what you also they don't have, have to make up a new song every time they go out and play precisely, yeah. which, which in some ways and not, not to, in any way to suggest that sitting in a chair, talking to my brother for an hour is harder than learning an instrument and being mm-hmm. able to perform and seeing and all the rest of the things at the same time. Right. However, like, the, the thought of being able to meticulously and carefully prepare so that when I walked out in front of a group of people, I knew exactly what I was doing. Mm-hmm. It's like, that is something that I'm like, oh, that feels so great. And so like when I go back and like, like to, to bring it back full circle to that thing you do, I'm like, I wonder if like that is a piece of like what I was able to gather or why this movie like resonated with me in such a way uh, was because it was almost like that first vicarious taste of like what that might feel like Mm -hmm. you know like what that sensation could be right and and to me i think it's like so i i I think i think i talked about this in a main episode i did buy a guitar i am still too terrified of it to really do anything (laughs) but i've i've taken like the first step i have an email in uh for some lessons so nice that should be that should be starting in the next couple of weeks um but there is like a part of me that's like maybe at some point in time this is going to have to be like on my bucket list and i'm just going to have to like figure out a way to like eventually perform confidently in front of anyone a three people man well i can i look forward to it i'll be there maybe i'll have maybe. A, a rock con- maybe maybe i'll have a rock concert at the climbing gym oh there you go <laughs> there you go uh, <laughs> hilarious 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 anyway hilarious um it feels like a good place to good place to close out for the for today's episode how sure do you, how do you uh-huh. feel anything else you want to touch on before we before we take off well i had maybe like a um i had some maybe like interesting uh, shower thoughts oh because i know people are invested in my shower saga yeah I'm, you know you what know. i'm i'm just you know what forget forget anything about closing out the episode i'll tell you what was interesting to me is that after i told my big shower repair saga the other the other week like 
uh, our friend Mike came up and he was like, dude, I am so invested in what happens with it. <laughs> and then like, I was like, oh, that's surprising. Cause like we talk about a bunch of different things that this like stood out. And then we went to our parents' house for mother's day and dad was like, oh my gosh, I'm so interested. Did you fix the shower? And I was like, boy, this story really hit home. I don't even uh, know. Apparently, apparently. Uh, yeah, yeah. Apparently. Every, everybody's so. just like, I mean, it's like good Ben. Glad, glad to hear you want to learn a, an instrument, but what we really want to know is the real hard hitting stuff. Is what happened to Jay's shower? So I will tell you, that I, uh, I at least at I have I have two up uh, two shower things one at least at home I think it it is still dripping very lightly um, but it is like dripping in such a way that it hits the faucet and then like drips a second time to the ground ah. and like the um the break in the fall like I can't hear it hit the faucet and then it's like such a um low drop to the ground that I can no longer hear it. Okay. So as far as I'm concerned, problem solved. I mean, obviously it's not entirely because it still drips a little bit, but I can't hear it anymore. And that's really the big deal. Okay. Amazing. So there's that. However, Ben, that is not my only shower ailment at the moment. Oh my God. <coughs> I know. I, I at know. this point in time, I think that you should just forego uh, internal plumbing entirely and, yeah. and just purely shower when it rains. Well, this is... <laughs> That'd be that'd be great. Uh, just Storms like, are brewing. Where's the shampoo? Got to go outside. Got to go outside. This one isn't even a plumbing related problem, Ben. So um, two days a week um, before work, you, know, you and I go to the gym with our trainer, Gabriel, work out. And then I will just go straight from there to the office uh, where I will then like shower and get ready for the day. Yeah. So we have a shower here at the office and uh, in the that bathroom where the shower is, I'm sure you are acutely aware that the... Uh, light fixture in there has ceased to function. Yeah, we did. Right? Yeah, yep, yep. Right. Correct. So, uh, and I don't know in what capacity it is um, not working, but for a while, like we have, there's three light bulbs in there, and for a while, two of them were just burnt out, which wasn't a big deal because the, the the lone light bulb that was remaining was bright enough to really light up the whole bathroom. It, it goes to show, though, like the level of maintenance that is important <clears throat> to you and I as people. Yeah. It's like, I think plenty of people are like, ooh, light bulb burned out. Got to go fix that right away. And it's like, it's fine. We well, can still see. <laughs> at at my house, that is how I am. Okay. Yeah, but like at yeah at work, like I it, yeah it, it eventually came to pass that one day, um, like I realized that I went to go turn the light off and it didn't go off. Like the switch didn't turn the light off anymore. Yes. It's so a weird problem. It was a weird. Pro- I've never had this problem before, and uh, eventually, what that meant was that for like uh, a week straight, the light just could not be turned off until I guess the bulb burnt out, which is not a surprise because it was on 24-7 for like a week. Yep. So eventually it burned out. But what that means is that it was completely dark in the bathroom. And it's like one of those things where because we were unable to switch it off, I'm also hesitant to just go and replace the light bulbs because as far as I'm concerned, it's still like on. Yeah, oh, you yeah, know? true. So it's right, like yeah. if you like I remember it not being able to be turned off. So if we go and are we going to be turning light bulbs into an active switch like i don't want to get like elect- it feels like there might be some sort of electrical problem happening Sorry. there anyway as ever we have a stopgap solution which is that we just had like a little tower lamp sitting out in the office that really never gets used and was just sort of aesthetic but we moved it into the bathroom and so now we have this like um small lamp in the bathroom that we have to turn on whenever you're going in there yeah for whatever purpose you need to use the bathroom for and i have to tell you it's not as effective as the lone light bulb was yeah no not at it's all it's still yeah. fairly dark in it's there. pretty dim it's pretty 
Christy Dim. It reminds there. it remind, whenever I describe my brain desk, it reminds me of the lamp that illuminates my brain desk. Right. Yes. It's it's kind of like a measly lamp. Yeah, it is a measly lamp. And as such, it has meant that for the past like two weeks, I've mostly just been showering in the semi-dark. Yeah. Nice. Which is a really weird sensation. Right, right. <laughs> it's like how often in my life would I have done this for any yeah, other reason? Right. But even okay, what it is also yeah, illuminated to me nice. is that like even though the situation what it, th- th- this is like a weird realization is that like when you're in there like with the tiny light even though it's not that different from when the other lights were on like in terms of how the bathroom is lit which is to say by light bulbs it is like so much more apparent that it is dark in the bathroom if you don't turn the lights on Okay. Okay. That that so, sounds obvious. I, I'm, I'm, yeah. So what you're saying is that when there aren't lights on, it's dark. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. I can follow this logic. You can follow the logic. Okay. When when the regular lights are on, the bathroom is so lit up that it feels light in there. Yes. But now that there's just a single tiny light bulb, it you can turn a light on so that you can see, but it is mostly dark in there. Right. Right. So this was my realization is that... Like when you're in a space that is only lit by artificial light, even though you can see you are in the dark. Does that make sense? Yes. Right. It like does. you have, you have like, I, I don't know. This feels like an analogy to me for even when you are uh, someone who is positive minded and surrounded by a bunch of people who aren't right you're still in the dark <laughs> right so like if the, yeah this is what i wrote down is if the only light is artificial light then yes you can see in the dark but you are still in the dark right right yeah okay i got right. you so like if you're like walking through the woods at night just because you have a flashlight it's like yes you can see like the next 10 steps but you can't you're still like it's still dark around you right yes yeah. exactly like you are still in the dark even though you can see right right like what you've done when you build walls and put lights in there is you just trap all that light in there. So the, the dark appears to have disappeared, right? But it is not, you are in the dark because it is artificially lit. So I don't know, like it, to me, that just felt like such a, like some, I feel like there's some sort of like metaphor or some sort of like biological thing in there that speaks to the importance of natural light Oh, sure, sure, you know, sure. Yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. Right, I mean, like, like if you're sitting next to a window and that window is letting in sunlight, then it is genuinely light in the room. Right, right, right. Yes, yes, I understand. And I mean, this is this is where, like, I think once upon a time we saw, like, a recommendation that, like, the best way to get better sleep at night is to, like, between, like, 11 a.m. and noon is to go and sit outside for, like, 15 minutes in direct sunlight. Right. Like, there's no doubt about it that, like, being in sunlight is healthier. But for some reason, the entire time you've been describing this, I feel like I've been feeling, like, a very, like intense emotional reaction just literally to nothing to do with light bulbs at all and everything to do with like general positivity uh-huh. as like like tr- like when you're in the presence of true positivity it is enlightening right and when you are in the presence of someone who is being nice but not truly positive it is like artificial light it is artificial light yeah yeah so i i don't i think i don't know it was sort of that like it just made me think about like if you worked like in a building or something and there weren't windows that you had ready access to, like if you worked in a section of a building that was only artificially lit, that in some 
like interpretation of it, you were waking up and going and sitting effectively in a dark room all day, even though you could see. Yeah. You know, like, and there's something, there was something just like really sad about that. And it felt like just so like foreign and icky. And I did not, I don't know. It was like, and it, it sounds so dumb because it sounds so obvious, even when you say it, right. That like, there would be a difference between like, and then like, then you might say like, well, what's the difference between sunlight and artificial light? And it's like, the difference is that we evolved via the sunlight. Yes. <laughs> you know? yeah, like, yeah. We, like our bodies are a result of the planet floating through space with the sun hitting it. So we are like as humans and creatures who live on earth attuned to the celestial body in a way that we are not with lights that we artificially create around the world, you know, remarkably well said. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, uh, I, I'm so glad that we didn't end the pod- podcast. I know. Well, I was I, like, I, I feel like you're going to like this one. So. I do. I do yeah. like it a lot. I mean, it, and it's like, I feel like the number one thing it makes me want to do is just go and like stand in some like sunbeams. Well, or I know, I know. I was like, this is like this. Then it just made me feel like this is a real problem because there are lots of people who just must be sitting in the dark all day, every day. Like, that just seems like that's a problem. That's got to be fixed. That that can't be. You can't be sitting in the dark all day. That's terrible. Sure. Like, it, like artificially lit is effectively the dark. Is what I'm saying. Oh my gosh. You know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like yeah. now, okay. for, like in our office, we do actually have sunroofs, which is really nice. So we can have pretty ready access to sunlight all day long. Right. But yeah, I don't know. I for I like when I worked at the concert venue, the first like I think year, maybe year and a half, I was there. This was this was like one of those things that was like at some point. Um, at, like that some offices opened on the other side of the building. And so like me and the director of marketing got to like move our offices over there, at which point a literal, an entire wall of my office became giant windows. Yes. Which was awesome. It was a really cool office. Yeah. It was a really cool office. And I was like, it was such an upgrade, but then like what became, it wasn't like, Oh, like your old office is now just going to be used by this like lower person on the totem pole or something. My old office became a storage closet. Oh my god! And it was like, it was this like sort of like bittersweet thing. It was like, man, I'm so happy to have gotten this brand new office, but also effectively they like, at the same time, these people had me working in a closet. Right. Like, right. what is going... And then now I think back, I'm like, I was working in the dark. I was working in the dark that whole time. This I is was just sitting there in the dark. Right. With the I, lights on. I genuinely think <clears throat> this, like, this is like one of those things. Like, well, I just finished like another reread of Atomic Habits, uh, which I, which is a book that I would recommend to anybody. But um, it's... Um, I, I feel like like finding a way to ensure that you are more frequently near uh the the celestial sun yeah you know yeah um like this on like a daily basis like making sure that that is like somehow built into your daily like procedures yeah it's like that will improve like it will make you happier right you know so like that's something to like something to seek out something to prioritize something to like make important and it is funny to me as well that like that like this is even something that like needs a reminder in any way, shape or form. Cause it, it like when you, like when you zoom back and think about it in the way that we're discussing it right now, it's like, it all feels like extremely obvious. Right. Like, it's I like, know, like, I know this it's goes like, without saying, but right. like, cause like I'm in the shower and it's like, it's the same thing, you know, right. it's like, there's just less light bulbs on. Right. So now it just feels darker. But the fact is, it was it was being lit in the same way. So I've always been standing and showering in the dark. It's just been that there were more lights on. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Anyway, this is my new like um like I don't know. I don't know. It was like a weird thing and I, that I was like thinking about and then it was like 
just giving me the feels. <laughs> no, I love it. I yeah. love it. I love it. And and what better way to recommend people to our miles managed step exactly. competition? Go outside and walk. Yeah, so where you can go outside and get some some fresh fresh, some sweet fresh sunshine, some sweet sunlight. Yes, yes. Yeah. So just soak it in. Bring like, it in, man. Be more like a plant. Exactly. Be more like plants. Yeah. Yeah. Good mantra for the day. No doubt. Uh, guys, as ever, all of the information to join the step competition is going to be in the show notes. Uh, for at the at the bottom of this episode, where do show notes go? In the show notes, they'll be there. In the show notes. Yeah. In the description, right. all the places where you might find information about this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is super easy to join. It only takes a couple of seconds. Uh, the app is super super easy interface. I think I don't. I don't think I've really heard anybody complain about it at all. It's just incredibly straightforward and easy to use. Yep. Um, so and and again, it's also free to partake. So we would love to have you come and be a part of it and we'll cheer you on and you can cheer us on and we can exchange great stories of sunlight exposure it'll be awesome yeah it'll be great (laughs) um otherwise it is also i think we're closing in on the last week um to get in for the uh exclusive quarterly merch mug uh which again is going to be that handmade mug from deneen pottery uh if you want to check that out you can do the quarterly merch tier over at patreon.com slash popcorn culture but otherwise guys until next time pop pop Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.